Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to The Shapes of Stories, a podcast with me, Lawrence Prestige, as your host. Stories come in all shapes and sizes, whether it be from our favourite books, our life experiences, or the day-to-day challenges and issues we face in the world today. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Shapes of Stories. Yes, really excited to bring you this episode. Um, yeah, have a wonderful chat with Kaylee Page-Reese. And um, yeah, it's been really interesting to to talk to Kaylee just not only about like her acting career and the stuff that she's done, but also the stuff she's doing as a production company as well. And I guess, you know, the... Uh, the different hats that she's wearing at the minute, you know, going forward. And um, yeah, it's really interesting to find people that, you know, you, you you perhaps see them on TV and acting, doing their thing. But Kaylee's got a very um, diverse sort of skill set as well. You know, um, I know she's involved in producing and like I say, she's got a production company. She kind of has a bit of say in directing and writing as well. So yeah, it was really interesting to talk to Kaylee and I'm really excited to bring this episode. So without further ado, here's my chat with Kaylee Page-Reese. I mean, how have you been doing, I guess, over yeah. this last, last, last year, this whole COVID year? <laughs> um, well, I bought a dog in January. I did too. So. I, well, I, yeah, no, I, I got a dog uh, in June. Yeah, it was literally the day they said the third lockdown. I was like, this is it. I need, some, <laughs> I need something. I need a dog. <laughs> um, it's been, I mean, I, I mean, don't get me wrong for other people, it's been a lot more difficult, but... Yeah, it's been really difficult and, and I'm finding this year a lot harder than last year. Um, I actually really enjoyed last year because I, I mean, with our kind of line of work, kind of seeing everyone on Instagram constantly doing things. Like I was talking to Giles the other day and saying, you know, you constantly feel one step behind. You constantly feel like there's other people that are doing things, you know, twice as fast and, and so fast and you feel so behind. And I'm feeling more of the repercussions of that this year than last year because I felt like everyone had to stop last year, whereas now there's people who maybe started during the end of the first lockdown or the second lockdown and and I don't even feel like I've got back into the swing of anything yet. Um, so, yeah, so I think it's been tough, really tough. But um, there's things I, I liked, like last summer, I felt like, you know, it was a nice chance for everyone to slow down. And I think it's definitely taught me a lesson to not feel like it's a competition and, and that you have to rush into everything and get everything done within a week. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's tough, isn't it? Yeah. no, no. I, I, a movie, which is funny, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, what's I guess yeah. what's like because you know spoke about auditions and things like that. Like, has auditions that you kind of had to go on over the last year? Have they kind of all been on Zoom, or like is that mm. how, what's that dynamic been like? Has it been a bit easier for you to sort of prepare, or is it tougher, or is it just the same? I well, I found it was going that way anyway. Weirdly, like self tapes and stuff like that. I found that it was a lot less in person. It was becoming more kind of electronic. But yeah, I, I feel like I like to have a conversation with people. Like I like to kind of strike up. A, you know, you can kind of give people more of you. I think being in person is a lot better. And I, I struggle with the self tapes. I struggle with the with kind of the auditions online. I think it actually gives you less 
the chance. Like, I think, yeah, I think it's yeah. harder now, which <laughs> I needed it any harder. Um, but, but yeah, you know, you have to adapt, don't you? And it's kind of boring. Like, I know that sounds really silly, but there's a part of the job which I loved, which is, you know, getting on a train to London every week, kind of that side of things and everything from your computer or from home is... Oh yeah, it's not it's not the best. No, started dancing from four, um, and that was kind of where I thought my life would go. Really, like it was kind of you know it was the thing that I you know I I did really enjoy school and I loved learning. So I can't say that kind of creative was my only passion, if that makes sense. But it was always just what I thought I would do. Like it, you know, I'd watch I don't know Britney Spears was very big when I was little, and it was very much like oh I'll be one of those dancers. Like oh I'll, I know what, where I'm going. That'll be it. Um, but it's you know it's a really harsh industry. Like it's you know you know we say we talk a lot about kind of actors and musical theatre and that kind of harsh but there's not really a, a close look at how hard a dancer's life is or um getting into that industry because it it's it's tough and it's not you know with actors I feel like yeah we have it tough to get the roles but once we're in it and whilst we're doing it the people are lovely you really make friends you make connections it's not like that it's really not like that in dance, it, you know, the girl next to you in the audition, you know, it's not like, oh, you might not get it because you've got different hair or they might just not like you that day. It's very much, you can kick higher than you, like she is your competition, like, you know? Um, and I just didn't, I didn't, you know, it didn't make me happy. Like, you know, I danced until I was 18 and I tried to kind of start auditioning to go professionally. I wasn't the best dancer in the world. Um, and yeah, I just couldn't deal with it. I remember going to one audition at Pineapple and there was like, I swear to you, like 500 people squished. I don't know if you've ever seen the rooms in Pineapple, but oh, they're yeah, really yeah. not that. Yeah. And there was like 500 people <laughs> in a room for the audition. And yeah. I remember just being at the back and they were cutting 50 people at a time. And I was just mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. So I have to admit, I just left. I, I just walked out and I remember just being like just outside um at Covent Garden like Nat West Bank like by there and I remember really yeah, yeah. mum and just being like that's it I'm done like I don't want to do this um and I didn't realize really that I wanted to go into acting that I just knew that like I couldn't keep doing that like I couldn't keep going up to London two three times a week to do these open calls or these auditions from my agency and you know I don't know I just I just knew it wasn't for me and I think another part of it with dance is that a big part of what I love about acting is storytelling and, and characters. And I thought I would be able to do that through dance. And you learn very quickly that you can't basically, mm -hmm. it's very technical. It's very much to do with technique and they kind of batter that side of it out. And then once you're maybe in a company or doing a character, you, you're allowed to mix that in. Um, yeah. And yeah, I suppose I gave up. I suppose, yeah, it's to some extent, I just, you know, I just left it, you know, I was 18 and decided I wouldn't be doing that anymore. So, yeah, no, yeah. I, I know what you mean about the Pineapple Studios. Like when I was when I was 18, I had my Disneyland audition there and that that was um, packed of people that wanted to go. And yeah. I nearly walked out. I nearly walked out because it was, like you say, quite intimidating as well. Didn't think I had a chance because the, some of the guy dancers that were auditioning, they were like doing warm ups. There was like guys doing the splits and stuff. And I was like, well, I can't yeah. do that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. so I was like tempted to walk out but luckily like my acting and I guess and uh, I got some lookalike character work and stuff so it kind of was, was okay they kind of overlooked the 
very average yeah. dancing that I, that I could do. <laughs> um, you know, my first ever audition when I was 17 was for, um, was the Disney audition, was going to a Disney audition. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, do you know what? Disney, I think to be fair to them, that like you said, they do give you the opportunity. Like it's it, like they have, you know, like mm-hmm. to do the faces and the character, like you said. Um, and um yeah, the Disney auditions are weird now, aren't they? Because it's kind of, I remember getting to the end of one of them and being like, yeah, I've made it to the end. I'm going to get a job. And then I just... Oh, you're on like a waiting list. Yeah, you're yeah, like on a waiting list. Waiting yeah, list and like nothing happened. I was like, oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I was quite lucky because I was a guy, I think. And I think, for you know, for the, when you go to a Disney audition, the majority, like 80% of the people are girls, right? So yeah. it's, I think oh, it's yeah. a lot tougher for girls. And um, yeah. yeah, and uh, I was... I'm, quite tall and you know there was a certain character I think they wanted for that part and yeah luckily I just amazing so where did you uh, go Paris fun. yeah yeah I went Paris I did five lookalike characters I did Bert and Mary Poppins which was fun yeah oh. <laughs> uh, Gaston and Prince Eric yeah they were they were fun they were fun characters to do amazing yeah oh that's so exciting that's so yeah. cool yeah is it does it spoil the magic of Disney or does it make it even more magical um it, you know when I when I left Disney I didn't want to see anything Disney for about two years and I was a Disney mm. fan like, I went into like I was like excited to go to Disneyland to work yeah. uh, but you are you are in a little bubble and it's like everything is Disney and even mm-hmm. for the biggest Disney fans like that can be a lot like even yeah. on your days off even when you have a day off from work in the park you, you end up going into Disneyland because you you go in for free so you get you, yeah. you, you end up on your days off just going to Disney and like having lunch yeah. in the canteen and the work canteen still and seeing your friends <laughs> that are working that day so it's like you, yeah. it is like a little bubble and you hear there's the repetitive shows and so like if yeah. I was doing Bert and a Mary Poppins show doing that two or three times a day repetitively mm. you don't get any credit as an actor as well because you are the real character you know you don't get sort yeah. of like credited as yeah. the work that you're doing um yeah so yeah it, 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 I did it for a couple of years it, it was fun mm. um but yeah after I after I left I was kind of over Disney for a while yeah now, since... like, especially going in for free when you work there I'd be like I'm never paying Disney prices <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like yeah it was it was cool because like on our lunch break, we could just kind of go, I fancy going on, like, the rock and roller coaster. Let's do it on our lunch break and just show our cast member badges so we could just, like, fast track through. Uh, that was great. But, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But then again, like, I am a big Disney fan again now. Like, I've been watching lots of Disney Plus to get me through lockdown, like, watching all the old stuff. Yeah. Do you know, I'm really funny. I've got this really weird, oh, it's going to sound so strange. I've got this really bad control issue with films and TV shows. So um, it's I really don't want to be psychoanalyzed because it probably isn't a good thing. But like, so for example, if I'm watching a TV show and I feel like it's, you know, like, you know, like Your Honor came to like Now TV and that. And I watched the first couple of episodes and I thought, this is dark. So I had to look up the ending just to make sure it didn't get me. I didn't want it to get me, yeah. you know. But of course, kids films, you, you think you're safe. And they're the ones that get me is any Pixar movie, any Disney movie. And I think I don't need to look that up. I'll just sit down and enjoy this fun and friendly film. And I'm sobbing. An hour in, yes. I'm sobbing. They get you. I was, they really I, I was horrified at the ending of the last Toy Story. The fact that Woody left Buzz. I was just like, wait, I'm not having this. Like Woody's... Well. Yeah, you, you not... see, me and, Toy, oh, you, me and you... Toy Story, we haven't got a good relationship because we <laughs> okay. 
No, I watched the first one when I was like six, sobbed, and then went to a sleepover <laughs> and watched the start of the second one where they get swapped in the supermarket and maybe hyperventilate so much. I've never watched any Toy Story since. So. Oh, really? Okay. Well, Honestly, go. I genuinely find kids' films really stressful. I think it's because they all have the same sort of themes of like loss and growing up and that kind of losing your childhood or losing your fantasies and I don't know that all and it just gets me it really gets me yeah, yeah. have you seen have you seen Saving Mr Banks have you seen that film about like yeah. how they made Mary Poppins that's a great film like, yeah that amazing. is so good yeah and just like knowing about all the history yeah great. I think they've, do you know what and um, Disney's got some really good documentaries on on the mm. Disney plus as well it's really good yeah I mean, I've heard about these I might have to, to watch them yeah yeah have a look yeah, yeah. Do you have a favorite Disney a favorite Disney movie? Do I have a favorite Disney movie? Um, oh, I'll have to think about that one sec. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's a difficult one. Probably like Mulan, Disney Mulan, Mulan like original. Okay. Uh, I like the new one, but original. Um, I haven't seen the new one yet. It's no, good. No, no, no. It's good. I was one of those suckers that paid twenty pounds. I can't wait for things. You know, like <laughs> it said it was available on December four for free, but I was like, I need to watch it tonight. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was quite good. It missed out things um, for it to be obviously live action, but it was good. Um, but no, the animated one. I just feel like it's a really underrated Disney film. Like I just feel like mm-hmm. it's a great. It's just a great, and it doesn't make me sob. So yeah, Mulan. Yeah. Yeah. Mulan, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think Aladdin's probably... The, I mean, the new one was quite... I was pleasantly surprised by the remake because I thought it would be awful. But, yeah, uh, you know, it was good. I think the first... the, You know, you kind of go in thinking, how can you do Aladdin without Robin Williams? Yeah. Because, like... But Will Smith, to be fair, he did... He, he was literally the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air as the genie, and it worked. <laughs> I said to Kieran, like, you just can't compare... Kieran, sorry, is my partner. And yeah. I was like, you just can't compare them. Like, the thing is, it was, you know... It was, like 20 years ago Robin Williams icon and you know I think the live action one did really well like we only watched it actually a few weeks ago and um yeah I was pleasantly surprised I didn't like the start of it but the first like 15 minutes I thought oh this is going to be awful like I don't know what yeah. it was about the start but I really didn't enjoy it um I didn't feel it was gonna be very good and then it really got me by the, like it was really good by the end and like you said you know, I liked the added part of the story with the and ending up kind of mm-hmm. with Jasmine's human, yeah, yeah. yeah I thought yeah. I really enjoyed that bit of it. I thought that was a nice added kind of touch. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, you know, I, I don't agree with the remaking of everything, live action and everything. And I mean, don't even get me started on coming to America too, because <laughs> oh. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. I need to. That's on my list. But I, I wouldn't just strike it off. Okay. <laughs> just Not worth it. it. Don't do it to yourself. Don't waste two hours of your life. Just, <laughs> okay. just stick to the original. See, yeah. I feel I feel like for anyone listening, we might have ruined a few films. Like yeah, I mentioned I'm really the end sorry. of Toy Story 4. We mentioned sorry. the like, happens in Aladdin and now come in. So yeah, okay, we might have to if you haven't watched these films yet though, I mean come on. Are you a Disney fan if you haven't yeah. seen the new Aladdin and Toy Story? If you haven't been yeah. scarred by Toy Story like some people have apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, coming to America, I mean, oh, Eddie, I personally think it should have been Eddie Murphy. I totally get he wanted to return, but I think he'd have been better off doing a whole new film, like a whole new thing of bringing back Eddie Murphy. Um, I think sequel in that film just wasn't a good idea. Like that, you know, things move on, don't they? And it's it's difficult. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about 
a film you were in, uh, Forty Roots. How was I mean? How involved in? And how was that? The whole process of that. So we're well, yeah. It's um, it's kind of still going along. So um, mm. it's uh, it's going well. It's kind of you know, it's it's a difficult because of the subject matter a bit. Um, yeah. It's kind of trying to make it. It sounds really silly, but more than just a film, uh, it's kind of trying mm. to create change and social impact around it and it's it's because i'm a producer on it as well it's it's difficult like it's a long route with it and i think um it's it feels slow it feels slow with it which it sa might sound really silly but it um it feels like you're always meeting challenges with the th these things and it's not until you try and do a film on teen mental health or before i did a, a film to try and talk more about eating disorders and it's not you don't quite realize the extent of the issue of how people can't cope with these things until you're then trying to get people to read these scripts or trying to get people involved, trying to get finances. And you say, oh, it's, it's about team mental health. And they go, mm, it's not our thing. Well, yeah. how can team mental health not be your thing? Like, how is that, a, mm -hmm. how is that something to turn away from? Like, I don't quite, I, it's just- Especially now, right? Especially still, now. Yeah, absolutely. And the, and what aggravates me is when there's series that are spent millions on, like things like 13 Reasons Why and to all the bright places, which some may think are amazing. But when we really think about the portrayal of mental health in them, it's not that healthy for young people, although they might kind of be a nice narrative or, or kind of enjoyable watch. When it comes to mental health itself, it's not probably helping generations so then when you're trying to make a film that is very much been very well documented something that someone's been through themselves and isn't trying to blame mental health on on love or on you know parents or on their situation it's genuinely just somebody suffering I think to then be turned away by so much and be battling I mean me and Ella have been working on this now for almost a year it does it makes you a bit mad. Like it makes you a bit like, how is this still going on? And I know there's many, many issues in the industry, but it really isn't until you're in the, you know, you're very much in the trenches of it that you you kind of poke your head up and go, yeah, I, I see what's going on here. Like people still don't get it. They still don't understand why it should be watched and stuff like that. And, you know, I still, at the moment I'm trying to work with, a channel on doing an eating disorder documentary and the first email reply I got was well we tried to do this before and it didn't get very many views so you're gonna have to think of a really good way of making it you know of making it basically like a way to bring people in and you just think Christ you know like um you, I don't know it just makes me it's the same with things like I watched the Caroline Flack you know um bless her soul like you know all about Caroline Flack and and you just feel like you know, you didn't want to make that on her when she was suffering, though, did you? Like, when she was going through all that with kind of the media, you know, Jade Goody, all these people, it takes them to to go through these horrific things for then a documentary to be made two years later. Like, what about when they're in it, you know? And and then when someone does make it when they're in it, not to get really political, and I not, don't want to go too far down this route, but when someone does do it, like Meghan Markle, they're then ripped to shreds. But then, mm. bless her, if, if she did do something like Caroline Flack did, oh, there'd be tons of documentaries, there'd be, you know, everyone be kind all over social... You know, it's just very... I struggle with the hypocrisy of our society sometimes than the kind of generational movement of be kind be lovely but I'm gonna troll and I'm gonna write comments about her and and we're still gonna have 
have magazines that depict women in bikinis that just because they're celebrities or on telly and I just don't get it sometimes I feel like we've got a lot of cross paths that you know we need to kind of sort them out and decide what our levels are if that makes sense yes. no no I get but you yeah question was about a film but i think it's like yeah you know, no well no it's, it's it's good it's an important issue isn't it like you know mm. it's good that you're passionate about it because there is that you know mm. like you say pe people think when people hear about mental illness or whether it be a depression or you know or eating disorder people kind of go well what went wrong what what is the reason yeah. behind this person's behavior but sometimes it can just there isn't a reason and you know and, and people don't understand that they kind of think well there's issues somewhere that we can probably try and fix that something's happened to you that we can try and fix and make right and you know that's the reason why you're behaving like mm -hmm. this or this is the reason why you're feeling like this uh but sometimes it's just you, you can't you you know you don't know why you you have these feelings sometimes especially when you're a teenager. yeah and i think sometimes yeah because like we, i was having a discussion the other day and i said like you know to us looking back as adults we think oh they're easy you know i think that's been a teacher Teenager and I think oh wouldn't mind me a bit of that but actually you know mm -hmm. when you are a teenager it's, it's your first time of experiencing those things and yeah as an adult you might experience worse things you might experience different things but it still doesn't stop the fact that at that age that is the first time you experience those things mm -hmm. and they're painful and I think weirdly sometimes the way we process things and like you said about the blame of mental health can be I'm so sorry about my dog <laughs> can be um the blame it is films and tv so it's because mm -hmm. films and tv like when I watch a film and it's a woman and you know like an action film say I, I go who's the baddie who's the one to blame you know like who's you know it's kind of like our narratives sometimes have formed because of what we watch like I feel like it is anyway like I feel like a lot of sometimes my opinions come from probably what I've watched growing up and things like that so I think yeah. that's why really it is so important to be making things like faulty roots that are just more honest and more mm -hmm. um I just want teenagers to what you know I read the script and I just felt instantly like yeah, that's me. That's what I went through as a teenager. And I just hope a lot more people kind of watch it and think that. Um, yeah. 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 Because, mm -hmm. I mean, you, you you had the battle with eating disorder, right? Was that when you were like a teenager or a child or? Oh, yeah. So mine, I mean, it's, it's obviously something you still battle with. Now, I don't know where it comes from. Like, if I did try and I don't know what it was but I suffered from one from the age of five like five to now really I still struggle um and it's just I, I went through such weird phases and it's phases now that even I look back like you know I for the whole of my school years I chucked away my lunches like uh, you know there was a point in year six where my parents made a dinner lady kind of watch me eat my food but except for that I just didn't eat and I remember like from year one to four I did that and I just starved like I just have dinner in the evening and then I remember I went for a different phase in kind of year seven, eight and nine, where I chuck my lunch away, but I'd always try and have one pound 50 on me because that bought me three of the chocolate cakes from the canteen. So then I went to more binging. And then in my teenage years, I think is when it kicked in kind of, this is going to sound very personal, but I always wanted to do ballet when I was younger. So the minute I kind of went through puberty and kind of, you know, my womanly body formed, I, um, mm -hmm. 
I remember saying to my mum, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to get a pair of scissors and, and kind of cut off my top half and, and kind of my bum and that because I didn't want it. I wanted to be flat as a pancake. You know, I wanted to have like a boy shape and really weird things. And it wasn't until I watched Hollyoaks and there was a storyline on Hollyoaks. I think I must have been like 13, which is about a girl called Hannah. And it was all about her going through an eating disorder. And I was like, oh, that's me. And I was like, oh, Oh, so I also oh, it's a problem. Like it's a disorder. It's not good. Um, and and even now, I mean, it's something that like I mean, I can talk about it openly now. But say my mum brings it up and talks to me about my eating, I instantly shut it down. Like I do not want to talk about it. I you know I don't. I can evaluate myself and 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 I've gone through things and talked about it. But yeah, it's still a struggle. There's still you know days where I might eat a whole box of milk tray and then other days where I won't eat anything except dinner so it's you know there's still those battles um but I see it's an issue and I'm kind of working through it but it's I you know I had a lovely childhood there's nothing you know we can't blame mm -hmm. it on a, a you know I don't know a dad that's a drug to you know that's always the main excuses isn't it kind of like a parent yeah. there or this because I didn't have that I just and I can't even blame it on media because as a kid, I wasn't aware of it. Like I was brought up abroad. So it's not even like I had magazines or computers and phones. I just, I don't know. It just, it started in my brain. And, and I think that's the kind of the point of things like faulty roots is the fact that actually, you know, sometimes you can wake up and feel a bit depressed. Sometimes you don't understand. Sometimes you, you know, you start doing the light switch on, on and off 10 times. Well, why? I don't know. Sometimes these things form and our brain does play tricks on us and kind of um, not help us. Some, like sometimes our brain aren't, isn't there for us. You know, sometimes it does cause us issues that shouldn't be ignored or brushed under the carpet or, you know, if you broke your arm, no one's going, well, wh what happened? Why did you do that? Why are you an idiot? You know, why did your body fail you? You know, why are you weird? Well, actually, it's the same thing, you know, like, you know, and, and we, we, we accept it in some ways. Like, I feel like postnatal depression, for example, we kind of, you know, that's more spoken about that now and kind of anxiety and things like that. But there's still certain areas where because there's not not an explanation like you just had a baby we can accept it like or with an eating disorder you're not like a ballerina or you're not like a model we don't get it i don't get it then like because because i can't give a reason as to why you're like it you know yeah. it's um it's really tough and and yeah with me i think um you know i've been i and i've been friends with people that have been for a lot worse and been hospitalized and stuff like that and i think it's um it's sad because you're i don't know it, it's it's difficult it's really difficult yeah yeah well i was gonna say like when you were when you were going through an eating disorder as a child or a teenager do you know at the time that you have a some, something's not right or is it quite does it seem normal it definitely doesn't seem normal because because of what you're doing so like you know i didn't just not eat my lunch and, it, and my parents had to accept it you know i wouldn't come home with my lunch just not eating and be like here you go you know when I was at little school, I used to throw it over the the barriers at the school. We used to have like fences and I used to chuck them over the fences. And it, then it was like forest. So I just thought, you know, an animal would eat it. Or when I was young, I used to have, I'd, I'd empty the packet of crisps and I'd stuff the sandwiches and that in it and scrunch it. Or, you know, if, if it was fruit, 
oh, it's gonna sound so bad but I let it rot I remember like once my school bag I just hide my school bag I remember once it must have been there so long that I'd had a banana that had gone down to like that size and was just black like it was just it must have oh, it's just so gross um but no so I, I can't afford it was right because I I hid it you know it wasn't something that anyone knew about it wasn't something that was spoken about I just didn't want like, at the time I just thought oh, I just don't want it I just don't want to eat yeah. it you know I just don't fancy it um but it wasn't I don't know it's, it's like I say it's really difficult but no I definitely didn't think you know oh just accept it I don't want to have lunch I did very much hide it for years and even now if I'm true to myself, I'll hide things. Like before my partner gets home from work, if I've had a binge, like those wrappers aren't in, in, in view. They're very much at the bottom of the bin. Or um, if I've not eaten anything and I'm asked if I've eaten something, there will be a plate in the, you know, in the sink yeah. as if I've eaten a sandwich. So it's, you know, it's still games and it's still your mind and you have to then, you know, it might be that you, you know, you've got too much going on. You've got to slow down and actually think about it and you're getting into these patterns again. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, and they're so, but, but diets and food and I mean, it's all you see. I mean, any activity in life is a takeaway, fish and chips, Chinese, like go bowling, get some food, go to the cinema, get some sweets, go for a walk, get an ice cream. Like everything is food. And like the amount of adverts about diets and, and whatever brand and diet plans or fasting or tablets, or it's constant. And, and then people wonder why people struggle, not just with eating disorders, but with diets and with their food and their body. It's constant it is constant for men and women like th this perfection side of things is it's mad it really is yeah yeah i mean in the act in the acting industry have you had to have you I dealt like has has it um i suppose made you a bit self-conscious at all in terms of the acting industry as well have you ever been in any kind of like auditions or uh, parts for roles where you've kind of where your body image has kind of been on your mind a bit has recently in the last year or two weirdly not before because i always end up playing roles a lot younger than me um and weirdly in the last kind of year i have thought to myself i do need to stay to somewhat petite because no one's still going to cast me as a 16 year old if i've suddenly put on more you know i'm 24 now but i still get you know most of my self tapes are for 16 17 year olds and it does cross my mind all the time i think well no one's going to employ me as a 16 year old if i i don't if my body isn't of a 16 year old does that make sense so yeah, no. so yeah because they you know you're not you don't work in the industry as yourself i don't work as a 24 year old in that industry you know so you are you know i have a friend and she's now in her early 30s and she said she went through this really weird dip in her late 20s because because she obviously played the younger than you roles like I am now. And then for your mid twenties, you have nothing because you're too young to play the young mum or the mum role, but you're too old to play that teenager role now. So what, where are you at? Where's the roles? And like she said, she had like three years where it was just nothing because nothing was for those ages, for those kind of mid, you know, twenties to late twenties. And then she came out the other side. So yeah, weirdly that's something I've recently been thinking about. Um, I suppose especially lockdown and stuff like that. But I did think to myself, oh, you need to keep that in check, which is strange to have to think, isn't it? 
Yeah, and I suppose what what made you get your sort of producer hat on because you have your own production company, right? Raspberry Films. How I mean, how did that all come from you wanting to go down that route as well? So I think that's kind of two things probably that come hand in hand with me from what you've already heard. So the kind of control inside of you know kind of the organizational side of me which I just thought actually I would like to be more involved I feel like an actor is the last person to know everything on set and to do with a project so I would like to be more involved in that sense and also I think I would not get cast in the roles that I cast myself in within the production company if that makes sense but roles that I know I can do you know I wouldn't put myself in a role that I don't think would you know if it devalued the film or anything like that but um there's just, you know, I do get, I don't get typecasted, but there is a type of role, which I very often get um, self-text for, which is either the teenage girl, I don't know, a nun. I went for a phase where I kept getting self-text for nuns. <laughs> I don't know why. I genuinely, in the space of about two weeks, I had four self-takes for different nuns. And I didn't get any of them. And I was like, I didn't even get one nun role. Um <laughs> But yeah, so I just, with the production, and I, it just also gives, I, I don't know, I like to help people, which sounds silly, but like, obviously we all make connections. And I think it's such a hard industry. And I think if you can even help make a few people's films or give them opportunities they might not get, you know, if they can't get to the bigger studios and things, it's just nice having your hand in the pot, you know, and, and seeing what's going on. And by having the production company, it's allowed me to really understand the industry to a better level and the financial point of view. And as an actor, it, it, it kind of really devalues you as an, an actor because you, you actors are taken as incredibly important parts of the whole process uh, when really, I mean, don't get me wrong, I do think there's certain roles that without those actors attached wouldn't be the same. But I have to admit that with the production company, I have realised that actors really aren't as important as they think they are. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just, I just like, I really love the industry, like from us talking about films then, like it is very much my life, like whether it's watching it, whether it's, you know, looking into it, whether it's producing it, whether it's being in it, I just love kind of TV and film and everything about that. Um, I'm very much the person that my friends come to, like, if someone needs something to watch, they text me for a list or for kind of like a genre, like it's, and I, uh, the production company allows me to dip my toes into more of that. And whether that's producing something solely by ourselves as a production company, or at the moment, what we've tended to do is kind of be more execs or, or kind of assistant producers on things and, and help out and associates, sorry, and just um, be helping other projects get made, basically. Yeah. Did you have to kind of throw yourself in the deep end a bit? Like, I guess, like, as a producer, like, you have to learn about financing and, and things like that. You just kind of went for it, right? <laughs> yeah, I had to believe my... You really have to prep yourself as well, because you go for these meetings and, and you know, and we actually opened the... Um, production company before I was in Sanderton. I feel like Sanderton kind of is my brackets. I always say this to people, but you've got to wait to get your brackets because until then you're a nobody. So, you know, I've worked for five years and um, I've done a lot of indies and a lot of films I'm proud of my performances in. But until I got those brackets, you know, I didn't really get taken that seriously. And we opened the production company, I think, two months before I got the role. And then the minute I had my brackets, which was Sanderton, I was taken a lot more seriously in meetings and with projects and stuff, um, which is insane. Uh, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, you have to have a lot of self-belief and do a lot of research and talk to as many people as you want. Like, I can freely admit, I spoke to people who 
had independent production companies and spoke to them about the process and and kind of any tips that they had and stuff like that and I think that's what's nice about this industry is no one's we're not in competition everyone's making different things there's room for everyone especially with streaming platforms and that now that you know we're not all waiting for that one release in the cinema you know and that kind of um those allotted times that they were 30 years ago you know Mm -hmm. there's a lot of opportunity um for films to be made yeah yeah no no, absolutely i mean what what kind of is that a sort of genre that you as a producer that you really enjoy to have your sort of films on are you quite open to everything no quite open to anything so at the moment for example on our slate we've currently got kind of a romantic drama that's going to be start filming in May. And then we've also got a more uh, sitcom uh, about a girl in her 20s. But then we've also got a kind of dark comedy thriller um, that's going to be filmed in America next year. Um, is that everything we've got? Oh, and then we've got Faulty Roots, which talks about teen mental health. So we really like to have a range going on. Um, yeah. And I, I love that. I think it, you know, it keeps you on your feet. And I think... Um, yeah a couple of them I'm not in and a couple I am in you know so there's somewhere you know I can just go up and see the film and help piece it all together and there's somewhere I can act in it and kind of have that part of it which I obviously love um but it's hard you know you very much need a good if you're producing someone and you're in it as well you need a good line producer or someone you can trust because you I just you can't do both on set it's not a good it's a recipe for disaster (laughs) yeah I can imagine that I mean, so I mean, what what are your kind of plans for post COVID? I guess. So I'm waiting to kind of hear about a couple of things. Um, so I'm kind of on the edge of my seat. Oh, I'm oh. so, so honestly. That's all right. The, the dog, the dog's excited about it. <laughs> he's such a quiet dog, but the minute I am like having an interview or anything like that, I I promise you, <laughs> there is. Do you know what? I'm just going to go put her away for a minute, if that's okay, because I feel like that's she. All right. She's like the smallest dog and really quiet. And the minute I'm on Zoom, because I think, oh, she'll just sit here. No, she'll like tear apart my hands, start like barking. <laughs> so sorry. Um, That's all right. Yeah, so we kind of, I'm kind of full steam. Like I want it to get back to normal now, you know, like I'm, yeah. I'm really wanting it to. So um, yeah, we've got one that starts production in May and then one that starts in June and then one that's just not, one that I've been working on for like two years and every time I think I'm getting somewhere I'm back to square one I always used to watch things like Graham Norton and they say like it took seven years to make a film and I'd be like why like what are you on about and now two years deep into one I get it (laughs) um and sometimes it makes you feel a bit rubbish because you don't feel like you're achieving anything and it comes back to that thing I was saying on Instagram where you see something's a release and they're filming something new and then that's released and 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 it makes you feel a bit crappy and it makes you feel like you're not going fast enough or you're not convincing people to get on board quick enough and things like that. But I think you just got to be in your own lane and, and think, you know, there's obviously people doing a lot better than you, but there's also people, you know, who might not have had the opportunities you've had or be lucky enough um, to have. And, and I think a big part of this industry, I mean, they lie and say it's talent, but I think it, it isn't. I think a, a, a big part of it, I think, is willpower, determination. I've got friends who I believe personally are probably far more talented than I am. And yet, you know, they maybe didn't, they chose other paths or, you know, they went another way and, um, or they just haven't been lucky. They just haven't had that one audition, you know, where it, it got them into it. So I think it's, um, it's tough because I think um, 
egos can definitely brew with a lot of actors. And I think sometimes it's good to kind of put yourself in check and, and just realize that, you know, I think also as a job, you know, it's an important job, but there's other jobs that are just as important and people don't need the ego. So, yeah. Yeah, no, no yeah. I, I get that. It can, it, yeah, I, was, I was surprised when I've heard, you know, shows and stuff that have taken so long to, and I know I'm an author, I write books, it could take a year or so. When you hear about shows and stuff that have taken like years and years to develop and stuff, and mm. yeah, it's crazy when you, when you hear about that. But yeah, like you said, I agree. I think, you know, it's not all about, there's people far more intelligent than me that have the ability to write the book. And, you know, they, and they come to me, and I'm like, what are you asking me for? Like, you, you know, you, you're like a doctor or you've got a doctor or a master's or a PhD or something. Uh, but a lot of it is just that willpower of actually sitting down and writing something. And you kind of go to them, have you started writing your book yet? And they go, oh, no, I've been too busy to do it. Yeah. And, you know, it's a lot of it is just how bad you want you know yeah. how how bad you want it and how passionate you are about yeah that's the stuff you're doing yeah and I think a lot has to do with money like I think money is a big part of it I think um you know if you're yeah you might 10 years down the line be absolutely minted but you have to do those 10 years work before you know and mm. I think for me like I feel like I'm in a comfortable position now but you know you have to go through the not comfortable position and and be spending all your money on trains to london and and be struggling and not you don't have to be but i think that there's an element of it where you can you know you know when people my partner for an example you know he he went he did an apprenticeship and now he has a job bish bash bosh you know there was never a moment where he was like doing someone unpaid or didn't work for six months and and there's a certain amount that you I don't think you can be money orientated to be in these kind of industries. I don't think you can. Yeah. doesn't mean you have, you don't care about money and you don't want money and, and that comes into the willpower and the passion. But I don't think you can be all about the money in this because I don't think it works out. I think you end up going into different things. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not going to be an overnight thing where yeah. you're like, you know, I'm going to release something and I'm going to be minted tomorrow. <laughs> you know, no. it's, that definitely doesn't work like that. No, absolutely not. Yeah. No. Well, it's, I mean, how, I mean, how do you, I guess, is it is it tough getting people invested in your stuff as well? Like, is that quite? You have to pitch quite hard to get people with the money to sort of back you in your shows and films. Yeah, it very much comes down to getting it. To be honest, it very much comes down to more convincing big actors to get involved with the film, and then the okay. finances come. So it's um because obviously we're not a big enough production company to go give us millions and trust us. You know, just trust <laughs> yeah. us. Why not? You know. So it very, you know, for me, my hook at the moment is still just getting those two people who believe in the script and are passionate about it. You know, your top two kind of cast, and and signing them on and 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 possibly an, um, a director. But at the moment we're working with a lot of kind of first time writer directors. Um, Cause I think, you know, there's so many of them out there that just don't have the opportunity to work with the talent or to have the opportunity to have the films produced. Um, so we've been working a lot with that and then just getting, you know, those couple of big actors attached. And, and then, you know, that's kind of where the financing comes really. And that's um, when you can set up those meetings and they'll talk to you about it and stuff like that. So that's kind of where we're at at the moment. And you hope that one day, you know, you'll be a big enough team or to have produced enough good films or TV shows that you kind of your name, you know, means something. Yeah. yeah. Well, I look forward to seeing what ha- Raspberry Films has yeah in the future to to, to come yeah, yeah. So it's hopefully hopefully you'll be able to go out and do you know all mm. the stuff again like you'd love to do hopefully covid slowly on the back burner so slowly getting there yeah <laughs> yeah fingers crossed yeah. yeah well it's been a pleasure talking to you and yeah, uh yeah look, look, forward to, you. look forward to seeing your stuff in the future thanks so much it's been lovely have a lovely Cheers. afternoon 
yeah you too have a good one Yes, a wonderful chat there with Kaylee. Um, be sure to check out her stuff. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of big things to come from Kaylee. Um, she's very talented. She's got her head switched on, very clever. And um, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more from Kaylee in the future. So be sure to check her stuff out. Check her out on social media. Be sure to check us out on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Shapes of Stories. You can find us on Instagram under Prestige Books. And you can find um, me on Facebook on my Facebook page, Lawrence Prestige, or the um, the podcast Facebook page, The Shapes of Stories. Um, thanks, guys, for listening. And uh, see you again next time.